Ever feel like you've got to get your should together? Is your should about to hit the fan? Have you been sitting in your shoulds for most of your life wondering if you could be more, see more, or do more? Welcome to Shut the Should Up with Candace Payne and Jenny Randall. We're both authors and speakers who want to stomp out your flaming bag of should. With a whole lot of faith, together, let's sort through the pain, purpose, and promise to find freedom in the things we tell ourselves we should and should not do. Because there's so much more in you. Welcome, everybody. Hey, it's your girl, Candace Payne. I'm here with my co-host extraordinaire, <laughs> my work partner in crime and in fun, so Jenny title. Randall. That's, I know, <laughs> official title, official title. What's and we that? are on the fifth episode today of this five-part mini-series on revival stories. We're excited to just tell them, hear them, talk about them, really just kind of dive into what should we be caring about? You know, because we like to shut the shit up around here. And if you heard that incorrectly, that's on you. That's on you. You need to (laughs) really filter your heart in that moment. Um, But we have a special guest today. You are going to love him. He's a friend of mine um, from real life. And uh, I told you all about a trip that I took last year to Israel with Israel Collective. He was on that trip as well. We became instant friends. Um, But you're going to get to know him as an experienced pastor with the demonstrated history of working in this higher education industry and local church ministry. Uh, he's skilled in church consulting, team building, organizational strategies, uh, leadership development. The list goes on teaching, preaching. He, he shows up at retreats and he's got some nice things to say that people take notes at and they go, Ooh, ah, you know, <laughs> he's one of those guys. And, but the thing that we love about him is that he specializes at, he specializes in a focus with Gen Z engagement and the health of the church and those dynamics. And he also hosts his own podcast, The Leadership Drip. And if you haven't heard it, go go search my name because I was a guest on it. And so maybe you could just start there. If nice. you like hearing me talk so much, I'll do some over there as well. Um, but y'all welcome a big, big shut the should welcome to our friend Rob Fultz is in the house. Yay. Good to see you guys. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. Real friends in real life, right? That's right. Yes. Um, Here's the other thing that we didn't say, and this is the most important thing. The reason that we invited you to Revival Stories in this five-part miniseries Mm -hmm. is because you have an intricate role in seeing firsthand a revival happening right now. And uh, you're like, how is that? Well, you hold the job title of the campus pastor at Lee University. Correct. So- can you tell us what in the world is going on <laughs> at Lee University right now? Yeah. Well, what in the world is going on anywhere right now? I mean, it is. Um, mm. I mean, obviously, everybody's seeing it. Asbury, uh, Lee University, Cedarville, uh, Texas A&M, Baylor, like all of these different schools yeah. are just having these incredible outpourings. Um, and so I think two fundamental questions that I've kind of been wrestling with is why now and why why Gen Z, why these college campuses specifically? And it's not that it's not happening in churches. Mm-hmm. It's just that it seems like these college campuses are having a unique expression of God's outpouring. And so for me, I think what I'm seeing happening at Lee and these other places is the why now pieces, because there's an urgency in the kingdom and a desperation in humanity that is really requiring our engagement and our attention. And I think part of the reason mm-hmm. why it's okay. happening on college campuses is because it's the highest concentration of 
this next generation, Gen Z specifically right now, Gen Alpha coming, but it's the highest concentration of, of those students, those young adults who are genuinely hungry for God. And they have moved his heart. And I think he's just responding in an overwhelming way. And his hand of favors on that generation. I think so. I think those are just two kind of things that are that we're seeing. And it's certainly we've seen it here at Lee in the last couple of weeks, just uh, the incredible outpouring that we've had here as well. So it's been amazing. What, how did it start at Lee where you were like, hey, I'm the campus pastor. I didn't I didn't assign yeah. a meeting day to day. What happened? Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, it wasn't me. I can tell you that much. Uh, you know me, Candace. I don't know that I'm that holy. But um, <laughs> But honestly, it was it was actually a class of students. Um, and I think either wow. one or two of them, I could be wrong. Uh, one or two of them had been to Asbury the week before. And they came back and they were in a class with a professor and they were talking about revival. They were talking about this outpouring at, at Asbury, but just in general. And so one of the students said, why not Lee? Why not now? And they asked, can we just go to the chapel and pray and see if God shows up? And he did. Wow. And literally those nine students um, by like lunchtime uh, that day, I was actually on my way over to the to the cafeteria here on campus to, to meet someone. And I had like they were like literally students running down the center of campus to get to the chapel. It was just it was wow. just unbelievable. And by the time I got there after lunch, you know, it was 30, 40 students in there and they were just repenting and praying. And it would just and it just launched from there. And it was um uh, 24 seven for the first three days. Um, and just incredible move of God, no instruments. And I'm not bra being braggadocious, but it's not, it wasn't a manufactured moment. There were no instruments, mm. no worship mm. teams, no preachers. Like we need those things, wow. but that's not what this was about. It was just sincere prayer and longing to see God move. And, um, man, it was special. It, it, it was unlike anything that I've ever seen or been a part of for sure. Wow. Yeah. I, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to make this about me, but I can't help but just tell you, I have goosebumps every time I'm hearing the conversations and testimonies come out of these yeah. campuses because they're all unified in one thing, in one thing alone. And it says there's a, a mark of humility and repentance. Yeah. And you don't know the conversations that we've had before we're jumping on here with you. You're actually end capping our series on revival mm. stories. And what we want to do with you is, honestly, just lean in and listen and ask some perspective that I think that we, yeah. we genuinely need for the move of God that we're about to walk into. Um, but the thing that the commonality that we've been talking about in episodes prior to this is humility and repentance. And um, we just even wrapped up one of our episodes about having reverence, having a yeah. reverence for God. And to hear that there's favor, oh, golly, I'm a mama of a gen alpha yeah. or two. Um, and I'm getting a little emotional, so I'm trying to rein it in. But to hear that there's favor on a generation gets me so stinking excited for what my right. children are walking into. Because um, can you can you understand the amount of prayers that we've prayed for our kids? And to see that God's ushering in a movement right now and an outpouring yeah. is like water to, to mama and dad's souls that have been praying for this forever. Yeah. Jenny, what are your first thoughts? Because I know that you went to Asbury. We talked about that in our first episode of this series. That's five part and, and we're wrapping up today. But but are you kind of maybe just shaking your head over there with like, absolutely. He's saying what I saw firsthand as well and what we're seeing now. 
is just mirroring that. What are your first thoughts upon what Rob just shared with us? Oh, wow. Where the similarities of people literally mm -hmm. running to experience this. I know that was happening at Asbury as well. Um, I'm, I'm intrigued by the notion that the revival is moving outward. So yes. because those students, you know, saw what God is doing and can do and, and brought it to you guys for lack of a better word. Um, can you share some testimonies or like, I'm just so intrigued yeah. by the leadership component for you and like just the weight of stewarding that moment. So wherever you feel led to lead this next portion, uh, go for it. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, I, I'll, I'll say, I'll say it this way. I, I think the Lord has been, and this is going to, again, I don't want to make this sound like I have some kind of, you know, separate divine connection or whatever. I'm, I'm you, Candace knows me. I'm not that person, but, mm. um, mm. a little over two years ago, God woke me up, literally set me straight up in my bed, which doesn't happen to me often. Um, literally set me straight up in my bed and called me Simeon. And he said, Simeon, wow. Simeon, wake up. The glory of the Lord is filling his temple. And so for the last two years, you know, I've really been kind of spiritually sort of preparing for this moment, but not really expecting to kind of see it happen. You know what I'm saying? You know how that goes, right? You, yeah, yeah. Lord, maybe someday you'll return. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, and so yeah. I think, I think for me, um, you know, as a kind of step into this moment from a leadership perspective, even though I feel like the Lord has really been speaking to this to me for the last two or three years, just for what I'm seeing from my role as a college campus pastor, and I've seen it kind of bubble and I've seen it kind of begin to rise in the hearts of the, of these students. When you step into that moment from a leadership perspective, you are not ready. There's no way to prepare you. <laughs> For the moment mm. where the New Testament is coming to life in real time. Mm. I mean, there have been moments in the last two weeks where I felt like the pages of God's book were literally wow. breathing, inhaling and exhaling on my face. And it's wow. just been so real and so tangible. And, um, you know, no one can prepare you to sit in the front of a stage for 10, 11, 12 hours at a pop. And time just completely disappear and you're navigating and you're stewarding conversations and you're saying, man, that is a really good word. But is that a really good word for now? Like, is that a word just for you that God has given you? And you know what I'm saying? So you're trying to help yeah, these, yeah. trying to help these students, like be so responsive to the spirit, but at the same time, be very responsible to what the spirit is saying to them. And so it's just wow. from a leadership perspective, it was by far the most unique, challenging, exhausting, but most exhilarating sort of week of my life. I mean, it was, um, I, I will be marked forever from a leadership perspective on how to navigate wow. these moments. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it's just been, it's been incredible. I think also too, from the administrative side is, you know, we, we're a university, we're not the local church. And we, we admit that like, that's not our role. Mm. And so just learning to, to navigate very delicately, these very difficult conversations of, well, are our students safe? What do we do with classes? What do we do mm. with chapel? How do our athletes still travel to do NCAA Division II basketball games? And in the middle <laughs> of the, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. what do you do right. with all of this stuff? Um, there's no blueprint for it. I'm sorry. There is no blueprint for it. And you really just have to learn to listen and depend on the spirit of God and trust that he knows what he's doing, knowing good and full well. Um, you might scratch the car a little bit sometimes, but... 
Um, but just learning to trust God in that leadership moment is has been one of the biggest lessons I've gained out of the last two or three weeks. My goodness. Wow. From a guy that has I, a podcast called The Leadership Drip. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're like, let me tell you what leadership has done. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. I love that you touched on. So I noticed as, as a leader, I'm always observing like church cultures and communities and like I'm right. so intrigued by it. Right. You You know, I'm sure what it's like. And I love that you touched on the piece of helping the students almost navigate this experience. I noticed yeah. that Asbury, they a lot of the students would share testimonies and the adult leaders would almost shepherd the theology of the moment. So it was yeah. accurate. Like they would never publicly correct any statements that might have been a little off, but they were just right. so kindly shepherding the moment to proper theology and like stewarding the moment well. And And what I saw was, really a father and mothering heart for the yes. students. And yes. And what you're describing is perfectly that. Yeah. And so, so like coincidentally, like the Jesus, you know, revolution coming out the movie, like all, none of this stuff is coincidental. We know that. Right. But right. so yeah. I think what's really, really unique. One of the things that's really, really unique about this outpouring is, or this revival, whatever you want to call it, whatever language you want to use is is before these movements were almost exclusively unigenerational. I mean, they like in the Jesus movement, it was mostly the mm. teens and 20s and people like that who were really experiencing it. The most unique thing about this, and I think this is a part of God's blueprint for the kingdom, this movement is intergenerational. It's the young and the old experiencing the collision of God's grace together. And it's creating these sons and daughters, mothers and fathers, sort of restoring and rebuilding those bridges. Part of the, for us at least, I can't speak for any other place, but part of us on the first day that everything really broke out, I'm going to say most of the day was about repentance, generational repentance. Um, wow. There were older professors, some who had retired, who were washing students' feet, students who were washing oh their feet. Gosh. I mean, it was just, and I think that's just the heartbeat of God. Because he understands in order for this generation that's coming to lead well, they're going to need our wisdom. In order for them to lead well, we're going to need to get out of their way. And so we've got to mm. we've got to have that relationship together. And I think that's part of what he's healing in this movement right now is that intergenerational piece. Okay. I uh, for our, I'm crying. Everybody. I feel like I feel like our listeners need to pause for a second. <laughs> Because I do with my ADHD, I can't, I can't even process the millions of things that I'm like spurring questions on from all that we've just listened to, but I'm going to, I'm going to hone in and focus one thing that I really feel like is so important for today and your advantage point, um, because you are working with Gen Z, Gen Alpha. Can I just tell you what the Holy Spirit just kind of dropped in my heart? Maybe this Amen. is a little too weird for people. If this is too weird for you listening and you're like, hey, Chewbacca mom, Holy Spirit drops something in your heart. Say that again. <laughs> sure. Got it. Nail nail it to the walls. Weird things I say as a Christian. Got it. But the Holy Spirit literally just, just showed me um, as you were talking about this inter intergenerational healing that he calls himself in Revelation the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And we are calling this generation here that's seeing the outpour, the end of one generation and the beginning of the next Gen Z and Gen Alpha. Yeah. And this is, this is because I believe that what we're going to see in this generation, in this outpouring of the Holy Spirit and the presence of God is going to be a movement that is so clear that it is Jesus. It is so clear that it is the holiness of God. It is so yeah. clear that it is his presence, that it's not... Yeah. 
manipulated. It's not something that belongs to a denomination. It's not something that belongs to a people group. It is he himself that we're going to see. And yeah. so um, with that, I also heard two words. Oh, you said that that we had to, in, in that leadership moment with the students, tell them how to, or not tell them, but lead them in how to respond and how to be responsible. Mm-hmm. I think that that translates to all of us in this moment. And this is why you're here, Rob. I have so many questions that I want to ask you, but I feel like for the sake of wrapping up the series that we've been doing and the position that you hold uniquely with Gen Z, I'm going to ask you, how do we respond and what's our responsibility to this next generation? Yeah, this is this is where I'm asking in all of the things that you know of what you're seeing from your vantage point. Tell us, because I'm telling you, I don't want to miss a move of the Lord. Yeah. And I definitely don't want to miss it on my kids and, and, and judge it and, and be critical of it and have cynicism on it. I want to, I want to respond and I want to be responsible to them. Yeah. How do we respond? I think this is going to sound very cheesy, but all in all honesty. Well, we did the Holy like, Spirit drop it in your heart? Yeah. Did he do we, that, yeah, Rob? Yes. Yes, he did. <laughs> yes, he did. Um, no, I think we respond. We respond as Jesus would respond, suffer not the children to come to me. Right. Right. I mean, I think, I think, I think in this moment, what we've got to realize, especially in my generation, like I'm, you know, I'm older, like I'm still trying to stay in the game though. Like, you know, I've got the hair, the hard part, like (laughs) I'm still trying to get in, you know, but I think, I think what we've got to do, We've Rob, to... pause, 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 pause. Listen, <laughs> the reason I know that you're in the category with me is because I've seen you doubled over at an airport because you ate That's... something bad. And you're like, nope, my age won today. I'm trying yeah. to be in the game, but my age, age won. Age kicked my tail that day in the airport. Um, <laughs> I felt that. I felt that in my yeah, core, Praise man. the Lord. But yeah. I, think, I think we need to respond. We need to respond in such a way is that Listen, there's there's a hundred Bible verses I could quote right now. The power of life and death reside in the tongue. Like, you know, wow. whatever you want to say. So I think we need to respond in such a way is to not is to not categorize or oversimplify what God is doing in this generation. Right. So Come on. we need to respond in such a way is that we give them life. Like we need to we need to respond in such a way is that we're willing to set ourselves aside so that they can actually thrive. Okay, so I know I don't have time to get into this, but we are living in every part of a biblical metaphorical exile. And the way that you survive or you come through exile is to teach the next generation to flourish in it. It is always about repentance. It is never about rebellion. That's how we get home. Right. So I think as as leaders, we need to respond to them in such a way as, hey, we want to help you flourish in the culture, the community, the society, the world that you live in. We want to help you engage with the things that, that are surrounding you in a way that honors Jesus, right? Our mm-hmm. responsibility in that then is to, em, is to empower them, yes, but to also come beside them however, wherever we can and simply mm. walk with them. When they have hard questions, when they don't understand, when they do mess up, when it does get messy and they get cray cray and things. Listen, we had a kid call all the old ladies in the building to the front. 
just okay. the moment where I had to come beside him and I said, what he meant to say was, you know, you know, what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> these things are messy. Fathering. You were right? fathering, fathering the moment. I gotta, like, what he had meant to say was this, right? So, but you do that in Did such he mean a way. like if you're like 27 and older by old yes. lady? Is that if what he you're meant? over 40, old ladies, get up here. Um, <laughs> but I think that's our responsibility. Lord has spoken. Yeah. I think, I think what God is doing, and, and listen, we could, we could have a, massive conversation about this. What I do think we're seeing is the erosion of, uh, gosh, I got to be really careful here. Celebrity focused ministry and Christianity. Okay. There's nothing wrong with having a major platform, i.e. Candace Payne, right? There's nothing wrong with having a, right. There's nothing wrong with having a major, major platform. That's not the issue. There's nothing wrong with having a big church or a mega church. I pastored at one, not a big deal, mm-hmm. but it's not about us. And if we truly want to see revival, if we truly want to see the next generation change culture, then we have got to come alongside them and step through this with them every single step of the way. Um, that probably doesn't answer your question as specifically as you want, but in my heart, I know that's what we need to be trying to be doing. You know, what's crazy is I, I kind of thought of this Old Testament story when you were talking uh, versus that erosion of celebrity Christian culture. Um, it, it, it's going to seem like it doesn't conjunct together, but it will. Give me one second. Aaron's sons, in the middle of them having the tabernacle in the wilderness, they they see that God's requiring, hey, bring this altar uh, this gift to the altar, do it this way. Yeah. Offer this fire gift, do it this way. And the people were oohing and on because they're watching the presence of God come. And they're like, ooh, ah. Mm-hmm. And his sons were like, hey, they like what we're doing. Oh, let's try this way. And it yeah. wasn't the way that God had said and their lives counted the cost for it. Yeah. Literally were taken from them that moment. And this is where I feel like what you're saying is the erosion of this celebrity dumb or the, the mega it's, it's less about tearing down idolatry in my opinion, as more as it's God saying you're getting fascinated with a one type of way that I've asked you to do something. And now you're trying to add your own flavor to it and take control of it. And yeah. I want you to go back to doing what I've commanded. And yeah. I think it rests on the laurels of obedience. I really do. I think, I think it rests on the laurels of, are we trusting and obeying that the simplistic movement of the Lord can come if, if we're just here and obedient to his presence. Joyful obedience. I've, I've talked about, sorry to interrupt Mm. you. I apologize, but but you just really resonate there because joyful obedience is something I've talked about over the last two or three weeks, like a hundred times. Obedience is our problem. Outcomes are his problem. The only thing that he requires of us is to follow the leading of the spirit to where he wants us to go, to say what he wants us to say, to do what he wants us to do. Right. And I think that's one of the reasons why it's so easy to share the gospel right now, because we're not overcomplicating it. We're seeing people, (laughs) we're responding to them. We're saying, Hey, Jesus loves you. Would you like to accept him? Yeah. Okay. I think that's a good idea. Right. I mean, it's, it's literally that easy right now. Um, But I think it's just this joyful obedience and followership of who he really is and where he wants to go. That's kind of helping usher all of this in. Goodness. So you told us how to respond and then you just told us how, how, what we're responsible for. It's just this yielding to the Holy spirit Yeah. and a joyful obedience. My goodness. Um, Jenny, 
what would you like to add into this? Because if you're okay, Rob, I'd like you to close out today's show by praying for this next generation yeah. and praying for us on like how we respond and, and we hold that responsibility as well. But Jenny, anything that you want to add in these last few, few seconds before the show closes today? Oh gosh, pastor Rob, you are pastor. <laughs> we could talk for a hundred million hours. Um, and I appreciate it. But one thing yeah. you touched on, um, I've been feeling a lot as well. It's like when, when the production for lack of a better word of Christianity mm-hmm. is taken away and the purity of a moment resides, mm-hmm. I, I really feel like that's what's been happening. Mm-hmm. Um, even the way you that's described good. it, like no instruments, I'm just thinking like, wow, like, wow, I want to be, I want to see what that's like. Um, but I want to say mm-hmm. thank you. Thank you for stewarding the revival where you are and leaning in and shepherding that. I can only imagine how weary and tired you must be yeah. and also energized at the same time. Yeah. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. How can our listeners pray for you before you pray over us, Rob? What 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 needs do you have um and that you see are on your campus that we could pray for? Yeah, I think I think the next big phase for us and we I even had part of the reason why I was late to the show today was because we are having this very intense conversation about discipleship. I mean, we know that's what's next. And how do we take these students and we move them from an incredible experience with God into a deeper relationship with him so that they can wow. really walk this out in life and in faith? Because here's the thing, and you mentioned it earlier in the show, it's not going to stay here. This goes into the marketplace of life and ministry. This is going to go yeah, into yeah. cubicles and conference rooms and pickleball courts and all kinds of places, right? So, so yeah. we need to equip them to handle and to be able to faithfully navigate what God is doing in those spaces as well. And so as much as we want to continue in the experience of it, which is beautiful and amazing, we also know that there's a responsibility that comes with sending them out, you know, the 12 to 72 so that they can literally take the gospel to the ends of the earth, because that's the point. That's the whole point of revival. So there you go. Okay. Pray for that. So listeners, we're going to be praying for Lee University. I'm just going to pray really quick. This isn't closing the show. Rob's going to pray for you, but I feel like we've got to charge too. <laughs> God, we, we ask that you just give us the ability to see outside of our local churches, to see outside of our homes, to see outside of the time and the space that we're taking up and occupying and see what you're doing in the midst of this world and this generation. Um, God, would you be allow us to be co-laborers with your spirit and in, in how you're moving. And, and we've said this in, in just episodes before, but holy, holy, holy is the Lord mm. God almighty. The earth is full of his glory. Bring your glory to our gas pumps, bring your glory to our refrigerators, bring your glory to our coffee shops. God, we ask that we would just be a part of seeing your glory flood this earth in a way we've never encountered it before. Not so that we could just say we were the ones, we were the ones that got it, but God, so that we could see all men know their rightful place. All humanity know that we are yours and you are ours. That We belong to you, God, and that we have a higher hope, a greater vision, a greater future and your kingdom come. Uh, God, we ask for empowering strength to just rest on Rob and the staff that is in leadership right now. Um, we re- we ask that for other campuses as well that are experiencing these outpourings too. Yes. God, that you would give them wisdom. Um, Father, we ask uh, too that these students I'm just praying for one thing, courage. Yeah. Like like you did with Joshua when Moses left and he took it up. Don't be afraid. 
be courageous for you are with us. So God, would you stoke the fires of courage in these young adults that have encountered you to be courageously bold, to share your goodness, your grace, and your the encounters that they've had with them, with you to the world around them. Um, yeah. And help, help, help give wisdom where wisdom is lacking so that there will be genuine discipleship. God, you ask, mm-hmm. you say, if anybody asks for wisdom, you'll give it generous. So we ask and beg for wisdom, God, that you would just pour it out on this generation as much as you poured out your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, now, Rob, popcorn prayer, passed it to you. Yeah. Pray for this. Uh, pray for our, our listeners today and how we can respond and then pray for this next generation. And we'll close out the show with a cute little song. But man, before you do that, I just I just want to say thank you for joining us. What a perspective that we've gotten today and what a what a great way to end this series on revival stories. And thank you for having me. It, it's uh, love, loved having the conversation. I really appreciate you guys very much. Thank you. Let me pray for God. us. So Father, good. I thank you so much. God, that we have stepped into a moment with you open-handedly, open-heartedly, open-mindedly. God, to allow you to be who you want to be. God, you come where you wanted. And Lord, we want you. We want you so desperately to move on a generation and a people. God, for anyone who's listening right now that may not even know you, God, I pray right now by the power of the Holy Spirit, that you would introduce yourself to them in such a powerful and loving way. God, I pray right now that you would continue, Father, to allow us to participate with where you're moving. God, that we would hear your breath, that we would sense your wind. Lord, that we would cast our sails. Lord, that we would be ready in season and out of season. Lord, that the gospel, the word of life, would resonate in our hearts, be written on our minds, God, that everywhere we go and everything that we do, Lord, that we would take your kingdom with us. Jesus, I am so thankful for how you're moving in this next generation. God, I'm so thankful for what I'm seeing. I'm thankful for the restorative, redemptive work that you're creating and you're building that's going to lead to a global revival of your presence and of your love. God, have your way with us. We are your vessels. Mold us and shape us however you desire, God. Lord, that we would follow you in joyful obedience, joyful obedience, Lord, that you may receive all the glory and the honor. And God, I pray right now that you would continue to anoint the leaders who are over these movements. God, anoint um, anoint this podcast, Father, that it would go to the mm. ends of the earth with the good news of Jesus Christ. And Lord, we thank you for your love and for your mercy that is given to us freely every single day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Woo! I think you're the first guest that's ever prayed the words, anoint this podcast. Yes. And now I'm going to make it a t-shirt. I want it for next (laughs) season merch. Anoint this podcast. I know you needed some extra sanctification. (laughs) (laughs) That leadership drip, drip, drip. Hey. Drip, 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 girl. You need some extra. <laughs> for all of y'all listening, we appreciate you joining us in. We we just hope that you've been encouraged by these revival stories and that you are actively, openly gazing the heavens, gazing to and fro the earth for, for wherever you see the spirit of God moving and join them. Join them. Let's go, everybody. Until next time, shut the shit up. 
if you've been inspired to stop shitting yourself, head over to iTunes and write a review and just give us all the stars. If there's one thing you're going to should yourself with, you should subscribe to our show so you don't miss an episode. See you next time.